What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. It's your man, Gerard Bonner. Boy, oh boy, it's a crazy time in the world of pro wrestling. But that's why we're here, right? We're here to talk about the news, present the news, all of that jazz. So as always, a big shout to all of you who have been joining us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We appreciate you at The Faction Show. Big shouts to those of you subscribed to our podcast on Google Spotify, Apple, thank you so much. It really means the world. And in case you did not know, because I know we mentioned this regularly at the top of the show, but you are able to check us out on Spotify now. We have been on Spotify for a few months now, so we have not probably promoted it as we should. But in case for some reason things aren't showing up on Apple, and and we've been noticing that lately, all of our latest things are absolutely on Spotify. So, Between Spotify, Apple, Google, you can absolutely find the latest episodes of The Faction and archived episodes as well. And if you're not subscribed, today's a great day to subscribe to our content. So there's a lot to get to. There's NXT news, some big updates there, but let's talk about AEW. I mean, it's really why you're here. It is unbelievable to me how AEW has become the talk of pro wrestling for everything happening outside of the ring. So let's just kind of walk you back in case you're unfamiliar with what's been going on. So there have been rumors now for the last couple of months that the backstage environment in AEW is anything less than pretty. Now, of course, when AEW began, there were all of these amazing reports about how it's family backstage and life is good and everybody was getting signed and they were doing great pay-per-view numbers and all of these things were going on. Of course, many started wondering what's really going on at the top of this year when Cody Rhodes left AEW. And by the way, I'm just going to point this out because I'm in this space these days and I have to say it again. So when it was announced that Cody was leaving AEW, I was still astonished at how many people were saying, oh, this is a work, oh, this isn't real, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then about six weeks later, they finally believed it when Cody debuted at WrestleMania. A lot of these things that people have been saying, is it a work or is it a shoot? We're finding out, no, this is really happening. And I've said this before, the creative departments in both of these companies are not so creative where they're going to stage you leaving the company only then to come back after four or five months, okay? For instance, we're seeing that with Sasha and Naomi. You know, everybody's saying, well, blah, 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 blah. All right, so there were those who said that this media scrum that happened Sunday night was a work. If you watched it, you cannot fabricate the body language that was happening from both CM Punk and from Tony Khan. You cannot fabricate the feeling that we had. And again, Media Scrum is the wrong place to do this. So in case you're unfamiliar with what happened after the Media Scrum, it's been reported in a number of places now that there was a backstage altercation involving CM Punk, Ace Steel, a number of the members of the elite, 
And so here's what the latest report looks like, because I think this is really incredible. And it's being reported not just by a Dave Meltzer, but Sports Illustrated is talking about this, which should tell you a lot. So what happened is there was certainly an altercation that happened. It's believed that a chair was thrown, punches were thrown, all kinds of things have happened. No one's made a statement yet, and that's because there is a third party actually investigating this entire situation. So there are multiple people who have been suspended. In fact, every person involved has now been suspended. That includes Kenny Omega, Matt and Nick Jackson. They are your new trios champions and your EVPs. Pat Buck, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, and Brandon Cutler, all suspended. It is believed that CM Punk and Ace Steel are also suspended or will no longer be with the company by the end of today. Apparently, CM Punk has met with Tony Khan, met with him yesterday, so that they had an opportunity to discuss how potentially that exit could be handled. Now, where does Hangman Page fall in all of this? Well, Hangman Page, according to Sports Illustrated, had already left the building, so he was not involved in the altercation. Now, this makes things very interesting for tonight, because one of the things that's being reported is that the former AEW champion, John Moxley, was not even scheduled to be on the card tonight, but has been called to be there because, as you just heard the list of names I rattled off, that includes the world champion, it includes the new trios champions, and a lot of other folks who potentially would have been on this card. So then, this is where all of this gets interesting. Well, it's already interesting, right? It's pretty crazy when you think about it, but it's even more crazy when you think that your world champion and your new trios champions, who happen to also be EVPs, get into an altercation and all get suspended crazy but here's to me where it gets crazier get ready for this so apparently 2024 is when the current deal that AEW has with Warner Brothers and Discovery expires now here's where this is getting interesting so based on their ratings AEW should be in a great position to receive a significant increase in their rights fees that's good. However, in comma, when Warner Media merged with Discovery, forming Warner Brothers Discovery, the marketplace is kind of unsure of the strategy, which now puts question marks around the future of AEW. Now, just in case you're wondering, WWE is also going to need a new deal in September of 2024. That's when their current deal with Fox and NBC Universal runs out. OK, so with all of that said, if you are trying to position yourself really, really well with folks like Warner Brothers, now's not the time for this kind of internal chaos. So if you're thinking again, work, shoot, let me help you with something. You're now talking about the future of this company. And as I shared with you on our last broadcast, and if you missed it, go back and check it out. I see what's happening to AEW being a repeat of what happened to WCW. Instead, it may be happening quicker because here's the thing. These companies like Warner Brothers, 
discovery, et cetera, et cetera. They want to get behind something that is a solid investment. And for all of the money that Tony Khan is saying that he has, and he probably has a decent amount of money, a pro wrestling company without a television deal is not worth nearly as much as a pro wrestling company with a television deal. Now, you see what WWE has done. Obviously, their great ratings and the like caused Fox and NBC Universal to strike a major deal. Then we saw how the WWE Network made its way over to Peacock for another billion dollars. All of these things happen when these mainstream companies see that your content and your ratings and your company in general is a great place to invest their money. With fightings, infighting, crazy media scrums, etc., etc., that doesn't make itself a place that millions and billions of dollars want to be associated with. You don't even hear this kind of thing happening in the NFL, in the NBA, in the NHL. Like you don't have fights on the court, fights on the ice, fights in the ring is one thing. Fights backstage after a crazy media scrum is something completely different. So that makes tonight very, very interesting because by the end of tonight, it is conceivable that Ace Steel and CM Punk may no longer work for AEW. It is conceivable that by the end of tonight, there could be some more suspensions. Who's going to actually show up tonight? Will the AEW world title be vacated if your world champion gets fired? Like, there are some real-life questions that are happening here that, to some degree, makes AEW Dynamite must-watch tonight. Now, let me just say this. Because of the depth of their roster, there are certainly enough people to end up on Dynamite tonight so that they're not missing anything in terms of people showing up. But it's certainly not the show that they planned, whatever that might be. And what makes this, again, even more interesting is, are we seeing this company unravel in front of our eyes? Now, I will tell you this. I've had the opportunity to work in corporate America many, many times. I've had the opportunity to watch the expansion of a company from the inside out. I've watched mergers happen from the inside out. And let me tell you something. As a company grows because of great business and because of great momentum, it becomes all of a sudden super easy to want to hire even more people because you never anticipate business slowing down. You always anticipate business moving forward and business growing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We don't look at things like cycles. And here is what is important. This is why it is important to have great infrastructure, infrastructure that will allow you to handle expansion. Let me make this super practical. If you are a restaurant and you own one location and you've mastered that location and you decide we have too much business here, we need to open a second location. Your challenge now is now you have to hire double the workers because it's impossible to split your workforce at one restaurant into two. And the challenge is you have to duplicate the experience from the greetings to the food, to the service, 
to the ambiance, all of that has to be duplicated in a second place, and there cannot afford to be differences between one location or another. That's expansion. If you don't have the proper infrastructure, you could potentially lose both locations. What am I saying? I'm saying it's very clear that AEW at this particular point does not have the infrastructure needed to be the size that they are. They grew incredibly fast. And while I applaud them having two television shows, three hours of television isn't enough time for the massive roster that they have. And they have Ring of Honor. And with all of that, if you don't have the proper people serving as EVPs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, you can have an issue. And what we are seeing right now in AEW is the result of some internal things that have been going on for a long, long time. You wonder why Cody Rhodes left? You might have a clear indicator now. And let me just go on and say this too. I think... It is absolutely irresponsible of AEW and Tony Khan to blame WWE for why the numbers at All Out didn't look great and blame them for tampering and all these other things. And let me explain why. If you spend the time building your house, you then don't have to worry about what another house is doing. The problem comes when you start focusing on the other house and you stop building yours. And what has happened in AEW is they have spent more time trying to compete with WWE and beat them in ratings and hire their former employees instead of building an environment that is conducive for growth. So... As a result, we're seeing the implosion that's happening now. Some major things are going to have to be done. And if this company is going to remain, if they're going to get another deal in 2024, then they're going to have to fix this problem now. Now, suspending everybody involved is probably a good start. But now the question is, do you need to fire anybody? And who gets fired? Do you fire the world champion for starting a fight when he is clearly the most popular person in the company? Maybe, maybe not. Do you fire the EVPs who potentially leaked information that you could say caused CM Punk to flip? I don't know, right? There's a lot of things in here I don't know. And how they handle this situation is really going to determine the future of All Elite Wrestling. And that's why you have to be careful when you're trying to compete with a company that is 50 plus years old. Because the answer isn't always in the product that's released as much as it is in the inner working of that particular being. Now, I'm not saying that WWE is perfect. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that you would not have seen their world champion respond in the way that CM Punk responded. And some are saying CM Punk was justified, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Listen, when you're a new company and you're trying to build a future, there are certain things that are professional and certain things that are not. And whether you agree with what CM Punk said or did or not, you have to acknowledge that that was not the time or place for that. 
Oh boy, it's a problem. It's a major league problem. And we'll be keeping you posted on this. Meanwhile, there's actually other news to talk about. We'll talk about that news when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How do we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win, there is a you, there will always be the S-H-W. Attention wrestling fans, join us Friday, September 9th for the final stop on the road to our anniversary show. It's SHW 43, Dishonor. Both the Southern Honor and Southern Fried Tag Team titles will be on the line as All-Star Special battles Happy Madness in a winner-take-all bunkhouse brawl match. AC Mack defends his IWTV World Championship against Kyle Matthews. Former SHW champion Owen Knight goes one-on-one with Bad News and Tattoos Carly Bravo. And in our main event, Gunnar Miller and the Bloodbath Behemoth Tank team together for the first time ever to take on Contra members Cruel and Joe Black. Also in action, Chip Day, Adam Jacobs, the Priest of Punishment, Judas, and more. Tickets go on sale at the door the night of the show starting at 5 p.m. Doors open at 7, bell time at 8. Don't miss the last stop before still here for SHW, an experience like no other. All right, guys, so big, big news to talk about in the world of NXT as last night gave us the first indication of what this unified NXT would look like. And I call it unified as, of course, we're now seeing NXT and NXT UK stars show up on NXT. So we ultimately saw a tag team match that saw the two combatants in the main event of Worlds Collide, Tyler Bate and Braun Breaker take on and defeat 
Gallus in a tag match. We saw Mako Satamora in a great singles match against Roxanne Perez. We saw several other great matches happen, but we also learned this, that next week will mark the one-year anniversary of NXT 2.0. And in celebrating that one-year anniversary, it'll almost feel like the old-school Taboo Tuesday or Cyber Sunday, as the NXT universe will be deciding several things, including stipulations for the tag team title match, the opponent for the North American champion, and more. So you'll definitely want to check that out next Tuesday, and we'll be seeing the debut of Quincy Elliott, the Super Diva. It's going to be very, very interesting to see how that plays out next week. So needless to say, we'll be talking about quite a bit for NXT 2.0 and their one-year anniversary. Two very interesting pieces of news as well. It's just been announced that San Antonio, Texas will be hosting the Royal Rumble in 2023. It will take place at the Alamo Dome. Now, the Alamo Dome also played host to the Royal Rumble back in 2017, where John Cena won his 16th and final WWE Championship, defeating AJ Styles. It was a really, really big deal for sure, and priority passes for the Royal Rumble will be available on Friday at noon Eastern, so that's going to be pretty exciting to see. Tickets for the Royal Rumble will go on sale on Friday, September the 30th at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. So if you're looking to kick off 2023 in a big way, you can consider the Royal Rumble being in San Antonio. And prior to that, the day one pay-per-view for 2023 will once again be in the ATL at State Farm Arena. More additional news in WWE as Triple H has received a promotion Yes, so when we last talked to you, Triple H was the head of creative, and now he has been elevated to chief content officer. And this is the result of some pretty amazing things that have been going on since Triple H took over creative. We've seen a 15% spike in viewership for Monday Night Raw, double-digit increases in social media as well. And so as the chief content officer, he will oversee creative writing, talent relations, live events, talent development, and creative services. And his role will report to the co-CEO, Nick Khan. In addition, Nick Khan is no longer the president of WWE, taking all of his energy to focus on being co-CEO. So the new president of the WWE is Frank Riddick III, who is also serving as chief financial officer. He joined WWE as chief financial officer last year after serving on the WWE board of directors for more than 13 years, and he was previously the interim CFO. So some big news happening in WWE. Congratulations to Triple H, who continues to take on more responsibility in the WWE. And yeah, the landscape is interesting. Last but not least, big news surrounding Battle Slam. Battle Slam, the aftermath, will take place live September the 25th in the ATL. And we do know that that night, Battle Slam will crown its first ever Battle Slam world champion. It will be an eight person tournament that will see participants including Baron Black, Shoot Taylor, Richard King, and Leon Ruff. But it's just been announced that one of the participants will be the undefeated, yeah, Big Scrappy, Lil Scrappy, 
Big Scrappy. Yes, he's coming back to Battle Slam, and he will be part of the World Championship Tournament. Now, this is significant because in his debut match at the last Battle Slam, he defeated Baron Black. Well, Baron Black is in the tournament. Could these two meet up again, this time with World Championship implications? We'll find out on September the 25th. You can follow Battle Slam on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter for ticket information because I think you want to be in the building to see this all go down live. All right, big things happening this week, including this Friday, SHW 43 Dishonor. It goes down this Friday night. Super excited about that. We also have Championship District Wrestling coming up on September the 18th. Battle Slam, September the 25th. It's going to be a busy, busy time from a commentary perspective, but this is what we want, and I'm super excited about it. Needless to say, Dynamite's going to be must-see tonight, so you want to make sure you check that out, and we'll be giving you updates and the like on our social media page, so definitely check that out and follow us at The Faction Show. Until next time, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I need my pain.